Hello and welcome. You are listening to Nails and Hammers, a podcast where we talk to people about their journeys and understand how they take decisions and solve problems in their day-to-day lives. Our guest for today is Aviral Bhatnagar, who is also known as the Junior VC. We chat with Aviral about how he got into venture capital, his decision-making framework, his writing process, and finally his suggestions on building a personal brand. We hope that you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we did and it's time to listen and learn. Hi Aviral, uh, welcome to the Nails and Hammers podcast. So, so I wanted to start from the very beginning. Can you share a bit with us about where did you grow up and where all did you study? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, really looking forward to the conversation. Ayush and I have spoken before as well. Um, so I am actually in Pune. It's the city I grew up in. And uh, I still live here. Uh, my parents live here. I've been living here for, I think, what, 17 years. Yeah, 17 years. In the middle, I just, you know, moved to uh, Bombay and Ahmedabad to study. But I, I've been working here for the last four and a half years. And prior to that, I was in Pune. I was born in Kanpur. Um, I was there for like six months. Moved to Jamshedpur when I was a kid. Then to Pune, then to Kanpur, then to Pune. And I've been there. I've been there in Pune since 2000. All right, all right. Me and Kushal were chatting just before your podcast, uh, and he also mentioned that uh, he met you during one of the quizzing events at, uh, at IITP or IMA. No, IMA. So IMA. Yeah, yeah. So you're into okay. quizzing as well. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, I was. The last quiz I did was one we did with our team internally, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it seems like I have not lost my. Uh, quizzing abilities but uh, bef- before that I think it's been what's five years six years since I graduated from B school I've not quizzed um, but I'm a big like quizzer the moment I see a quiz I will do it so I've, I've been following quizzing with the comedians like every episode doing all of them without fail and I do I do decently well I think I would have qualified in all the rounds yeah. even now <laughs> not it, bad it actually does not go away uh, to be honest even yeah, I've not quizzed since long yeah yeah, yeah, but it's it's a way of, you know, uh, we are planning to do it more regularly, maybe like Fridays and stuff, uh, but we'll figure out. So, so what made you uh, do an MBA? I, I think somewhere in my second year, I, I did an internship uh, in, uh, in physics in a company. And I realized that I don't want to be sitting in in front of a computer, not talking to people, running algorithms, right? So that basically was the inspiration for me to, you know, realize that, you know, I'm not going to do physics long term. I was studying physics, actually. Um, I had the good fortune of working with a startup. And I think that's when I realized that I want to be on the business side of things. So, um, so you know, that, that really kindled my interest. And then I, I realized that, it's necessary to get a master's and, you know, whatever you want to do. So it was a choice between doing it in India and doing it in the US and I decided to do an Indian MBA. And then how did you uh, figure out that you wanted to get into the VC ecosystem, right? Uh, was there a decision-making framework that you worked on or was it like a gut call? No, <laughs> there, was, there was no decision-making framework. It was very simple. Uh, I, as I told you, I did a startup in college in my second year. In fact, in my fourth year also, I was part of another startup, which actually like raised money and stuff. Um, my, my first, after my first year, I did an internship in, in a private equity firm. 
and i realized that i like buy side and startups both now pe didn't solve the startups part so i realized that okay buy side plus startups equals easy and i was very naive there was no decision making framework it just seemed like the right thing to do um i thought i'll do it after a couple of years in consulting but i luckily got a job straight out of campus um it was off campus but you know just after graduating and uh, that's how i ended up in venture and like what tips would you share for someone who wants to get into vc you can't engineer getting into it i think that's like number one a lot of people think that you can you know uh work your way into it uh i i honestly think like the analyst programs are quite structured but after that it's it's a bit like anybody's game um i think uh, you know i think what is really important is you should have a very innate curiosity about the startup ecosystem that's like super important um and i and i think that if you want to break into venture you should have that curiosity and have very deep connections in the ecosystem or some sort of connection in the ecosystem that you can bring to the table uh, i think those two are like super important um if you are trying to get into venture um but it has a mix of people from like many backgrounds i wouldn't say that you can say i'll do xyz and then i'll do venture and i'll become a good venture investor right mm-hmm. getting into venture is step one but sustaining and being a good venture investor is is a different ball game and uh, and i think that only certain type of people are cut for it um yeah and and you know you you have to work towards it if you think it makes sense so just elaborating on that part when you say like certain type of people are cut for it so mm. uh, what how do people play the long game so once you get into venture you have to play the long game so like i decided that i'm going to do this for 10 years at least right at the end maybe i'm pretty shitty at it but uh, um but that's 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 how you will know whether you're decent or not right and i think that you know i am lucky to have gotten in at a at a very young age generally people enter venture in their early 30s right after they have done like one cycle of either uh, consulting or startups or banking or tech or something like that right um that's how people start in venture so by the time you know people on average start in venture i have already got like 5 10 years of experience um i think the uh you have to commit in the long term uh, to do venture otherwise you will never know if you are good or bad because cycles firstly are you know pretty long and the second is that they take time to show and it takes 4 to 5 years to even tell whether the startup is doing well or not so so i think that you know you have to commit once you get in and so you, like i whenever anybody asks me uh how do you break into vc i'm like do you actually even want to do it you know that you have to do it for 10 years right so if you are not then yeah it, it doesn't make sense it's a lot of people don't have that clarity that it's a it's a long game and uh, i mean a lot of people outside world are excited about how to get into the vc ecosystem i mean just yeah. just following up it's, on that uh, it's cooler than it looks yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> just 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 following up on that uh, what do you what do you look for when you are uh, evaluating companies and investing in them and and do you remember your your first deal how you discovered them what was the first conversation like <laughs> the first the, the first company i discovered was an academy uh gorovel also 
recall we both were kora top writers we didn't invest otherwise you know life would be very different that that was the first opportunity at source and it was very random uh gorav had asked me if i want to be an an academy educator because i used to write on b school in on kora then yeah. i had just joined a new venture firm and i was like boss mere ko to startup source karna hai and then i'm like this is interesting I asked him why don't we chat and send me a pitch deck and stuff so it turned out to like we flipped it um, but we didn't end up investing and the rest is history for him and me as well good history for him bad history for me <laughs> uh no but i mean uh it's a, it's a fantastic story in 4 5 years it's 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 amazing um and i think that um you know what i realized then was that um media can really scale deal flow and other such things right and and that that was like my aha moment and um and i think i learned a lot from that you know opportunity even in hindsight i you know i i think that how you know that really got the engine starting i'm not too you know worried about not doing that deal or whatever i was like super young very early i was not a partner making a decision like having evaluated a company and then passed um but but it's still a good story uh, and i think that it's uh, it's good that i got connected to gaurav very early on so what do you usually look for when investing in companies yeah so i i mean it's just four four and a half years of experience right so i i wouldn't say that it's a very a well thought out framework um but i think that you know there there are many schools of thought right so i think you can divide it into three there's the market investors who invest in big markets there are founder investors who invest in great founders and there are product investors who invest in great products right uh, now you can't invest in like one of these you have to have two or even three sometimes right but what i meant was somebody prioritizes like hey even if the founders are okay but the market is massive yeah. we will invest in this company right and okay also is a variable thing but i think um, you know at this stage i invest two things are very important um the problem that you are solving has to be um in a potential market which is big right right now the market might not be that big but the adjacencies can be really big for example very simply like online e-commerce right 5% of retail which is a huge market now even 5% of retail has become huge but when it started it was like 1% now it's 15% right so so that's like a big market i think in founders i look at three things um and again this is getting refined uh the first is being intellectually honest uh the second is having grit and the third is the ability to hire a team right and now why these three are important um intellectual honesty is not honesty uh, honesty is just being like honest uh, intellectual honesty is being honest about your ideas and you know what principles you hold and many people are very honest but intellectually dishonest and like i think everyone you including myself um when somebody challenges your viewpoint and say that hey this idea doesn't work people are like no no this works i believe it stuff like that right so you are not being intellectually honest when it's like staring you in the face 
now why why this is important is because founders have to continuously navigate markets that are uh, ever evolving and i think 50% of companies pivot especially after seed stage right to become big so founders who are intellectually honest will find the way founders are not will not be able to that's one great is number 2 super important great is not resilience great is like i have decided i will do this for 10 years kuch bhi ho jaye the whole world collapses i will still be doing this right um and the third is uh, hiring a team um i think you can't do things alone um it's it's very important to to have people around you and some founders are not really able to hire very good teams while some founders are able to hire fantastic teams just just following up on that how are uh, i mean how has the whole process changed during the covid uh, scenario i mean in terms of pre covid you were meeting founders uh, mm. virtually flying out to different cities meeting face to face right i mean and now you just have to get on a call making decisions on the go right so how has and, that changed yeah and also adding to that part i mean you spoke a bit about grit like kuch bhi ho jaye uh, i am going to do this so i mean how do you evaluate a founder like based on this covid spectrum right um so i'll i'll answer the first i think everyone's come to terms with covid now right so so you accepted that you will do a video call and make an investment having never met the person right so i mean i think that it is happening there are i haven't seen any issues people you know investors are slowing down with the investment not because they are not able to meet people necessarily i mean obviously that's a factor but i think there's a lot of uh, uncertainty in the market and you don't know how things will go um and a lot of categories are still going to play out even in edtech for example people are wondering if investing at a high valuation makes sense because a lot of things might revert to the mean um so i think that that really is slowing down some folks some folks have really accelerated uh it really depends on the strategy when they want to buy into companies at really attractive prices um and both are happening so i i i think that you know it's 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 kind of uh splitting uh i mean this following up on the grid thing uh, you mentioned mm. that, that you look for founders who i mean who would like do things irrespective of what happens in the world like whether the world collapses right. or not So, right. so, so, what's your decision-making framework in such situations? Good way to understand grit is, I think, your conversations with the founder are are very reflective of uh, how they behave, and they are very small things that can that can be indicators. Uh, for example, how they respond to stress, how they respond to difficult situations. Right. Um, we also do reference checks in a very big way. Uh, talk to people who they have managed or. uh have managed them or have worked with them to get a good sense of um which different situations uh they have experienced and how they react in those right and that's like very important to actually understand how founders behave and what are investing trends going to be like post covid i don't think i know the answer i don't think anyone knows the answer <laughs> nobody knows nobody knows but sir i i i, I i i just think that um most people are sticking to the same themes right a uh, lot of people have sh- i mean kind of over indexed on some themes that they believe are positive but honestly i don't think people are like oh my god this is a new category completely that has been created out of covid and let's just double down on it 
I'm not seeing anything like that. I'm just seeing like, oh, ed tech is hot. Let's get into it. Oh, remote work is hot. Let's get into it. Oh, uh, direct to consumer is hot. Get it. Let's get into it. Oh, travel is bad. Let's stay away from it. That's it. It just, uh, it just like, you know, recalibrating themes. But a lot of people have not really changed that much. Like people have not started saying, oh, let's invest in biotech or something like that. Um, yeah. So I so I think the themes I have um, are just playing out. Um, slightly accelerated or decelerated but it's it's not but, that different right but but then there are areas like uh, due to the app bans right i mean uh, there's a massive market of 200 odd million users which were on tiktok right now there are a bunch of these companies which have popped up in these space right and and a lot of investors mm-hmm. are investing in these areas right i mean do you think this is here to stay or this is just a so that is right? not a i mean that is a i think that's a i would say force of uh regulation or law issue <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's less uh, let's less of like a force of nature which covid is um i i don't think it's going to be easy to replicate tiktok right i mean it seems very good and sounds theoretically possible but their algorithm is what differentiates them right and that algorithm cannot be just built overnight they have optimized it for years over millions even billions of users with like bazillion interactions right and it, it it was the algorithm that really worked for them very difficult to just like create short form videos and then solve it right so i know a lot of uh, investors are investing in that category but uh, i i don't know i i, I don't know if it is a uh, long term differentiation and if tiktok gets you know allowed again what happens i would actually think a lot of people start going back to uh, tiktok we just wanted to talk about uh, a bit about your anti portfolio and an academy was was a big company right but you missed out any yeah. any other names that you want to share that you had an opportunity to invest yeah i i, I mean i am not that seasoned to have an anti portfolio right and i am now at a stage when i can contribute to decision making um in investments um i mean earlier i think it would just be you know a partner who takes a call um i think a uh, few companies so an academy would qualify as one but i think the one that that was really big for me was this company called raincan which was a milk subscription business uh diligence it for very very long like 6 to 9 months almost founder is a really good friend um and then we we didn't invest and uh, big basket acquired them 3 months later for like a really high price so it would have been a good bet uh, but but we didn't do it and i think that qualifies as my like biggest anti portfolio um although it's not like a multi million or a billion dollar outcome it still was like pretty big in acquisition that's still very rare in the indian ecosystem very very few people actually get exits uh, it seems like a lot of people are raising money but very few actually uh, liquidate their holdings and make money out of out of their investments so so that would have been a big one i think so just following up on that uh, i mean how do you think in bets like how do you think whether the your decision making process was correct or not after the outcome happened i think we are in the business of um 
you know predicting future outcomes and it's just impossible and nobody knows right so what we will do is and i specifically is that we have a set of hypotheses on on various parameters and say these are our hypotheses these are the risks let's see how it plays out right now how you have to tune your model is either you missed a risk or you under indexed on a risk or you over indexed on a positive those are the things that you actually calibrate for example you thought the founder was really good turned out to be really difficult to work with right why so you try to break that down or you thought the market was really big but turned out to be like pretty small and you're very early right why did you think that right so you are you start with a model and then you keep optimizing it right and everybody has a belief framework or a set of principles that's what they call it um like these are my principles and i will keep like modifying and tweaking them based on the response and that's really how you build a decision making framework and, and uh, i know for a fact that you're moving out uh, and you're joining a new fund but would we ever see you on the other side of the fence as a new starting up uh i don't know man <laughs> yeah so my my you know i i stopped giving certain answers because i i really don't know uh i mean how when this became very clear to me in my second year uh, with a friend of mine who made me realize that you should go with the flow in life right and what that means is not being lazy but just working hard and seeing what opportunities come to you and make the most of them right and it could be anything right like for example when i wanted to um join consulting just out of uh, undergrad i wanted to be a like my whole journey is strange i wanted to be a physicist then i wanted to be a founder then i wanted to be a consultant then a banker then i ended up in vc and all in the span of like 3 4 years right so if you would have asked me and you would have thought i'm crazy uh in 4 years i've switched like five things in in my head but you know you are making uh, decisions based on data which is changing very rapidly especially at that age and i think like there will be some phase in life when you start making these very important decisions and then you change your um approach to life right so i think for like the next 5 years at least i'll be doing venture investing uh so now uh, we want to talk about your writing a bit so mm-hmm. what's your writing process like and how do you figure out what works and what does not i i think every channel has a different tone right um i understand cora really well but now cora is crap so i don't write there uh, i understand linkedin really well i write there i don't understand twitter at all uh it's extremely high engagement um not for me that's all i i know a lot of people really utilize a platform in my head actually all social networks are crap there's not one which is useful uh but but they end up creating a lot of value for you if you build a brand right uh but if they go to extremes and they can suck you and waste a lot of time that's what i meant i didn't mean that they're absolutely useless yeah. um i think um so when 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 we are writing on a junior vc it's a group effort versus just me so i mostly like stitch everything together i don't end up writing much right so my job is actually like pulling together the story and other such things i think um, 
in any piece the topic and the tone is 50% right the rest is the content once you have defined the framework storyline and what you want to really talk about after that then filling everything else is is much easier right and that that process is what i spend a lot of time on um i think when we are choosing topics for what we want to write because we write once in every two weeks um we will look at trends and see what's really uh working well in the market like right? so usually my very early way of making decisions was which company raised very simply right so that it's a hot topic and let's just write about it right uh now i think i have the liberty because we have like 20000 subscribers we can like we wrote about licious and it's doing really well nothing really big related to licious happened recently but people are it's top of mind for people because there a lot of people are ordering from it and it's a very you know unique company and there are a lot of things that are insightful uh, about their approach right so we'll always pick topics that that seem interesting and when we are writing these big pieces topics and storylining is 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 a very important part and that's where i spend a lot of time mm-hmm. i think on linkedin they are almost like memes on the way right right i saw like a lot of people have started like the biggest xyz is not this that and i'm like great that means now you know it's a brand uh people are people are making so i think templates are are fabulous especially for people who don't have too much time but still want to communicate you should create templates right and i talk in stories human beings just love stories right so if you look at any of my linkedin posts it will have the way stories are structured shakespeare had discovered the you know the five ways to look at a story the plot the problem statement the climax the main characters actors right so it is those five things uh, and you'll always see that right so i will start with a question which is the problem then i will start with like a couple of lines on why i think this problem is actually a problem which is a complication right so you'll say that um hey reliance wants to become a tech giant and then you're like no you're stupid how how can reliance become a tech giant they're oil company right? and then i'm like no but actually if you uh, look more carefully you'll find that they've been doing this for 20 years and then you actually um talk in more detail about the solution of that problem and the complication right and that's a story so one thing that really unifies both of these things like i was saying the storyline and storyline now on twitter it's very difficult for me to make stories in like whatever 160 characters yeah. and i haven't really understood this tweet storm thing and, and like you uh, said it's extremely high engagement so that's like sucks you out yeah yeah i, I cannot like sit and tweet every day three four times i don't have that much time uh so so linkedin is good and it's it's a good it's a good format for me maybe when i'm older and less employed i will use twitter uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, i mean i think twitter is uh, twitter is useful for that i don't think i i can write in 160 characters and just to follow up for that uh, i mean so when one starting out should one write about what's hot and what's trending no no when one starting i mean always i i still don't write about what's hot and what's trending i always write about what i know and then like there's a consideration space of what i know there's a consideration space of what is hot and then there is some like commonality and i will choose a topic like that right 
So, for example, what is hot is Sushant Singh Rajput. I don't know jack shit about it, so I'll never write about it. Right? I never talk about politics and all this uh, stuff. The only way you can be authentic is when you write about what you know. So I've always written about what I think I know. I wouldn't say that I know it. I at least can convincingly tell you a story where you'll believe. Ha, is for good stuff, right? So that's that's basically the thought process. But never. Like never write about anything that's hot ever. Should should one focus on on building it? I mean, before writing something, before uh, starting the writing process, should they focus yes. on? Uh, on this is my target audience. Uh, they should discover it on the go. No, no. They they should they should write what they think is. Uh, they should write what they think is interesting to them. The target audience should be yourself. So I am my content consumer first. uh and if that happens then you will find like minded people okay. don't optimize so much because sometimes i mean uh, i mean if the target audience does not respond the writer gets demotivated a bit and then they might not you should not why why should you get demotivated if yeah. you are writing for an audience right i never write for an audience i've never written for an audience i write for myself it very few publications have been able to do it very successfully right even if you take the economist which i think is like the pinnacle of you know i am i i love what they write they still are focused on a particular way of thinking right they'll be left leaning liberal right you know expect conservative stuff so they are also catering to an audience right i know i am also catering to an audience but i think when you bring money into the mix especially as a young company or a young whatever publication you start writing for monetary um aspects and then you can devolve into like a masala magazine which you don't want to in the startup ecosystem interesting interesting so you you started writing in your college right and you used to be super active mm. in cora uh yeah. i just wanted to know when that shift happened from cora to agvc how 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 the whole agvc journey started and what was the idea behind it so um i think Cora to LinkedIn to AJVC was the way it progressed. Um, it was very natural. I did not really optimize. I think I started this small blog on Cora called Life of a Junior VC because I had started living the VC life. So I was just like putting my thoughts, and I would actually just talk about the things I had read, nothing else. Then somebody suggested that, hey, you know what, your reads are interesting. But I am not on Quora. Why don't you start an email list? So I started an email list. I got ten subscribers. I was very happy. Uh, even though I had like some, I think seventy, eighty thousand followers. But those, you know, ten people who gave their email ID means a lot. Like it's not friction. They followed, right? Google form pe jaake aise kya tha? Then that became a junior VC. That started picking up. Then some other reader. You know, was pestering me almost for like six months. Boss, uh, start a website, start a website. I'm like, I don't have bandwidth. I can't do it. I can't do it. One day, I finally gave in. That's when we started the team. And now, you know, we have like 14 members, podcast, concepts, community, tons of things happening, and yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm quite proud of having built something on the side. I remember. I think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, when you were writing it on it your own. uh it was pretty much i think you were writing an article a week or so 
and I think the yeah. most you build your team, it's it's somewhere around I think couple of times a month, right? What has happened right. when how and why has the frequency decreased post hiring a team, like post building a team? <laughs> rather, yeah. So so no so nobody's hired. I uh, I jokingly refer to us as Amul. We are a cooperative. We hardly make any profit. Uh, like one two percent. It's just the top line. Um, so I think it's um, it's unsustainable to do it weekly, right? And I think this rhythm of doing it once in uh, two weeks has actually made it more scarce. Allows us to put more energy into one piece, uh, rally ourselves, do more things, experiment, try other things, right? So I think that pace is really good and. You know that one piece drives insane traffic. I'm like, we have forty, 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 fifty thousand users every month on two pieces. Wow, it's in, it's insane. I mean, I I know that. Uh, I think some other publications are like sixty to hundred. Can they do once a day? Right. So so we are posting at one fourteen the frequency. So so I I think that there is not. so much going around we are not a news company that you need to break news and we can't do it uh, so we'll pick up a piece and do it in an analytical manner it would be worth 10 to 15 minutes of yours um and that's that's really how we think about it and you mentioned that you started doing podcast on agv agvc so so what right. makes a podcast work i don't know i i think it's it's uh, it's like what makes a um, story work is the same i think you know what we are essentially trying to do um with our podcast is do the same thing that we do with our story shine a light on a company uh, in a way that other people have not right and um, and i think that's that's working we are very insight focused we want takeaways we want the conversations to be fantastic you know we we really we really push and uh, try to ensure that you know those things are um are in place and i think um everybody wants to hear a good story or read a good story and you can either tell it via text or audio or video the story has to be there it's, it's super important so we try to architect a story in our podcast as well uh we now want to talk about personal branding a bit so what are your thoughts on personal branding and how should one go about building a brand I don't think that I have a personal brand. I know a lot of people say that, and I keep saying it because I, I don't believe in this concept of building a personal brand. Right? It's not something I did actively. Hey, I want to build a brand for myself. No, it happened, and I think like the more I keep saying it, and the more I realize life may बहुत सारी चीजें ऐसी हो जाती. Right? You just like enjoy the process. Right? Don't think about the outcome. The outcome is personal brand. like let's say the process is discussing and sharing insights that you have got up in life right i love the process the outcome can be anything right um and and i think it helps a lot i mean i i it's an ice breaker in a lot of conversations i'm so happy that it happened because a lot of people like hey i've read you hey this hey that oh this post of yours hey, you know so so it's a good ice breaker So that has really helped, and I think that um, I've just been true to the process, um, not with the outcome that hey, I want to build a brand. You know, I'm crazy about this person right now. Then you'll go, you'll start doing suboptimal things. 
I think one word that that I mean in our conversation constantly popped up was process, right? I'm intrigued mm. to know uh, about your learning process. I read a lot of varied stuff, and I actually block time and read, right? So okay. I will read in the mornings. I read books. In um, at night, I usually read like um, news, opinion, and updates, right? Um, and that's my process of learning. I I read a lot, and I read very varied stuff. I read absolutely random things, like totally random, unrelated to my job. In fact, I I try to read things that are not related to venture because venture की बातें तो मुझे पता चल जाती हैं कहीं ना कहीं से, right? So I will read about uh, painting, like I was reading about Da Vinci. Um, I'm reading about physics and biological systems right now. Um, so things like that, and I, and I try to keep them outside my core work because uh, that opens up your mind i think and i think venture investors to some extent in fact to a very large extent are philosophers philosophers are people who uh, think about human behavior think about the future think about how you will react to changes um in a thoughtful way right and so uh, vcs should know how to think philosophically and i think philosophy is is built on you know being exposed to very very different and random thoughts how do you unlearn things have an open mind i think in venture you have to be like constantly unlearning in the beginning it's a little difficult but later you know you you start understanding that's how you should look at things um i think i've i've been lucky to have been in venture all my life so the way i think is always like weekly held strong opinions i would say just one heavy question before we move to the fa- rapid fire questions and what's your yeah. purpose in life and how did you figure it out <laughs> what's my purpose yeah hmm it's a good question um i don't know man i think um i think everyone's purpose is to be happy right uh and each of us has to figure out what it is and it should be repeatable but also unpredictable right so it's very funny because human beings love certainty but crave uncertainty it is like the dichotomy that uh, we are kind of stuck in so you need to find something that you can do in a repeated manner but the outcome is different every time right and that's that's what like happiness is right you find joy wow you know i did this and you know this is not like every time i write a piece while the process is similar the outcome is different always right and the outcome of that particular process it makes me happy right so so i think i'm figuring out things that make me happy and doing more of them i guess that's my purpose uh but like evolutionarily everyone's purpose is just to procreate and have progress a gene pool that is like honestly the answer for all humanity <laughs> but yeah for me i think it is it is this all right let's let's move to the rapid fire question we have a, a few rapid fire questions so whatever comes to your mind uh just just uh, without even thinking much you just have to go sure. for it right sure uh, sure i mean so the first question is uh, where do you see uh, united finishing the season 
fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Right. IITB or IIM? Uh, in what context? In whatever context, if you had to choose one. I mean, like, see, I'll tell you, my heart is in IIT Bombay and my mind is in IIM. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, both have influenced me. If I so if I okay, let's say if I had to go to one of them today, I'd go to IIM to visit. If I had to be with people of one of them, I'd want to be with IIT Bombay people. I think it's very clear in my head. You're saying uh, any interesting hobby that you picked up during COVID? I'm learning Chinese. Oh wow! Yeah, the whole world a very contrarian person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. It's the uh, it's an uh, un uh, unmissable trend. It's, it's just a blip. Uh, China is the future. It's nothing that's going to stop it. And I think that's what I have been thinking as well. Like, I mean, Mandarin is going to be a big thing going. Yeah. So I'm learning Chinese, very tough language, but I I I understand a little bit now. So yeah, I'm doing that. I saw. I also started cooking. I never did. Bit decent apparently, which is very good for my family. Because they're like, oh, now you cook. Why don't you oh. cook? cook. Yeah. Does your mom allow you to enter the kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. Everyone in my family cooks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, what should all first-time founders know about raising capital? Raise it when you need it least. Uh, I mean, one one last quick question. I know you might. I mean, feel free not to answer this, but you'll soon be moving to a different fund and joining as a VC. Mm-hmm. Right? You'll be becoming one of the youngest VP. I mean, a yeah. lot of people also know where are you moving to. <laughs> it it will be known. <laughs> In some time, because <laughs> 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 because because we just yeah. put up a, on our on our social media and everybody is asking where is Avinash moving to. A lot of friends in the ecosystem. So oh like, really? Okay. Yeah, we we might want to ask this question. <laughs> wow, I did not know so many people were interested <laughs> in in what I'm doing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. I think it was a great conversation. I think last lastly, you want to plug in. Uh, About the AGVC community and a bunch of things and how people, if if they are interested, can can become a part of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really plug things. I I just like if you if you are interested in the startup ecosystem, just head over. You'll find something at juniorisi. dot com. Mm-hmm. That's uh, my plug. That's that's all from the conversation, Aviran. And we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, yeah. You know, every conversation I enjoy a lot because. um questions make you think and the right questions make you think more so 